Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, light in the darkness. So who likes Christmas lights? Now, I don't mean this single by Coldplay called Christmas Lights, although it is really good. So I'm talking about Christmas lights in general. Who likes them? We're going to do a bit of a survey. So who has got Christmas lights up in their house? So on a tree or in a window, if you stick your hand in there, if you've got lights up. Okay, so that's more or less everybody, hands down. Who has also got Christmas lights up outside their house? So on a roof, garden or driveway, stick your hand up. Again, people are reluctant to admit that, aren't they? <laughs> but you should be proud of it. But clearly we, we do love Christmas lights. In 1882, Edward Johnson created the first strand of electric Christmas lights and he displayed them on his Christmas tree and there were 80 bulbs powered by a generator and people loved them and the local newspaper reporting, reporting on this big event at the time wrote this, I need not tell you that the scintillating evergreen was a pretty sight. One can hardly imagine anything prettier. And I think it's fair to say that there's been quite a development in and an uptake of this particular practice. According to the Guinness Book of Records, the most bulbs displayed at a private house was in 2021, two years ago, whenever there were 686,811 lights on show in a family home. But just this week, the same family broke, this is just a, same family broke their own record by installing over 720,000 lights for Christmas 2023, which includes 37 miles of cables and extension leads. But it's not just at our homes or in our homes where Christmas lights are incredibly popular. They're everywhere. Three weeks ago, uh, Glenn and I were in London catching up with some people we'd trained with 30 years ago. But the Christmas lights in that city, or those that we saw, were amazing here in Covent Garden and all the main streets. Plus, this year, for the very first time, the Shard, London's tallest building, had its top 20 floors transformed into a fiesta of festivity composed of hundreds of light installations which can be seen for 40 miles. Christmas lights are everywhere. And there's more and more of them, bigger, better, brighter every single year. But I suppose the question is why? Why? Why are they so popular? Why are they so prevalent? Why are they so appealing? Well, let me offer you some suggestions why. They brighten the place up. They bring a smile to our faces. They create an atmosphere. They provide joy. They enhance spaces and places. They alter environments. They add color. They create interest. They communicate something. They inspire. They catch our attention. They expel darkness. They're great. And I don't think we should shy away from the presence and the joy of Christmas lights because at the end of the day, when you step back and you think about it, and when you see the bigger picture, Christmas is a season and a celebration of light, or it should be. Because what we're remembering, what we're actually getting ready to celebrate on the 25th of December, what we've been singing about this evening, what we've been hearing about is the arrival of the greatest, the truest, the most inextinguishable, ceaseless light 
ever, not just to light up our homes, not just to light up our streets, not even just to light up our lives, but to light up our entire world. And this light that we celebrate can do all of the things I just mentioned a moment ago regarding Christmas lights. This light brightens. This light enhances. It expels. It creates. It adds. It communicates. It alters. It changes. It inspires. It provides. And this light is, well, the first reading in our service by Suetonian Caleb was from Isaiah 9, and it confirmed the following. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And so, what was this light? What is this light? Well, a few verses later in that reading in Isaiah, we discover for to us, a child is born, and to us, a son is given. Now, amongst many other things, this was an incredible prediction. This was a great expectation that was spoken and written 700 years before it actually happened. But on the very first Christmas, that great light, that child, that son, Jesus, arrived, and people saw him, and they still see him the light of the world, as he went on to describe himself, entered this dark world. And his coming and his presence and who he was and what he came to do brought life and light to all. And that's why we mark this time of year every year. That's why we celebrate. That's why light is such a significant dominant theme at Christmas. That's why the title for the service was and is Light in the Darkness. But what is this darkness? What is this deep darkness which Isaiah said the land was in? What is this darkness which needed and still needs a light? Well, it's not simply a reference to physical darkness. It's not about nighttime. Although one of the reasons why I think we love Christmas lights so much is because this is the physically darkest time of the year. This Friday, 22nd of December, is the darkest day of the entire year. No, this great light which came to shine shone into a very different kind of darkness. A darkness that existed in Isaiah's day. A darkness that existed whenever he was born. And a darkness that still exists in our day. It's a powerful darkness. It's a pervasive darkness. It's a suffocating darkness. It's a darkness that's created and nurtured by the sinful fallen world in which we live. And it affects all of us. It impacts us deeply personally. It impacts us at every level of our society, our environment, and our world. And we see it all around us. And so, for example, last week, the president of a football club runs onto the pitch in Turkey and punches the referee in the head. And then others attempt to kick him while he's down. And the news headline the very next day reads, Dark Day for Turkey After Referee Assault, which highlights football's growing abuse problem. Violence. And abuse, we live in a dark world. After Hamas launched their shocking traumatic attack on the 7th of October, the Guardian's headline the next day read, Israel's darkest day, 24 hours of terror that shook the country. A month later, another headline in the Guardian read, the Gaza truce is a ray of hope in the darkness. And just this week, one newspaper 
ran this headline. In Ukraine, the dark daily lives of the residents and territories liberated a year ago. You don't need me to make a case for the reality <coughs> of darkness in our world. Our society recognizes the darkness. And although these are big and rather public examples of the pervasive darkness which I've just highlighted, we could easily talk about the anger and the bitterness, the selfishness and the division, the dark thoughts and actions that we feel, which are there all around us and even exist within each of us, sometimes spilling out, causing damage to ourselves, causing damage to others, and ultimately causing damage to our relationship with our Creator God. We desperately need to see light. We need to see light in our darkness. And because of the first Christmas, as a result of the Christmas, first Christmas, we can see it. In fact, we have seen it. Because as we read earlier, the people in darkness have seen a great light. The light of the world has stepped down into darkness. The great light has entered our fallen, sinful world. He was born to you. He was born for you, and in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Whenever Jesus described himself as the light of the world, he went on to say this, I am the light of the world, and if you follow me, or if you believe in me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, that doesn't mean believing in Jesus immediately removes us from this dark world. And it certainly doesn't mean that you will never have or you will never express a dark thought or act again. But what it does mean is that darkness will no longer have a hold on you. It will no longer have the last word. It will no longer dictate and determine your present nor your future. It will no longer consume you, no longer lead you to despair. I really believe and follow Jesus you leave the kingdom of darkness and you become a child of the light. And later in John's gospel, Jesus said something similar. John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. This is a dark world, but because of Jesus, you don't have to stay there. Jesus really is the truth we are celebrating this great light is the one we are celebrating this Christmas, every Christmas, in fact, all year. The one born in Bethlehem is that great light that was predicted by Isaiah. He is the great expectation. But just two final things about this light. In John 1, we read, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. This great Christmas light is inextinguishable. It is ceaseless. Now, the darkness did its best to put this light out. Whenever Jesus was nailed to a tree, and before he drew his last breath, darkness descended upon the whole country for three hours. It seemed that darkness had won. It seemed that Jesus' light had been put out once and for all, and as a result, put our chances of ever seeing the light out once and for all. But you can't tell the Christmas story without some reference to the Easter rising. Because three days after that great light appears to have been extinguished, the light reignites. It bursts forth in glorious light, and that light shines again, and it shines forever. The darkness did not overcome it, despite giving it its best shot. And so the light 
of the world still shines. And the final feature of this great light, found a few verses later in John 1, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus is the true light. He is the one true light. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of other lights. I know that. A whole bunch of other lights claiming or attempting to illuminate our way, trying to, di- to give us direction and provide clarity for life before and after death. But there's only one true light. There's only one light that gives light to everyone. There is only one authentic Christmas light. And so back to Coldplay for a second and to that festive single, Christmas Lights, which includes these lyrics. Those Christmas lights light up the street down where the sea and city meet. May all your troubles soon be gone. Oh, Christmas lights keep shining on. And I do hope you continue to enjoy your Christmas lights inside and outside your house, up and down your street, in those parks, on those trails, in our cities. And I do pray that all your troubles will soon be gone. But as you look at all your Christmas lights, please make sure you remember the light in the darkness, the great light, the inextinguishable light, the true light, the light of the world whose birth and arrival is what this season is ultimately all about. And if you've never made the choice to follow or to believe in this light, if you're choosing to remain in darkness, and facing ultimate eternal darkness, then I invite you, I invite you to consider following that light this Christmas.